0: to the fifth episode of our podcast, A Global View. This is your host, Jasmine Carr. If you have tuned in to our previous episodes, you will know that I'm also the founder of Global Initiative, which is an organization that shines light on overlooked global issues through articles, social media posts, blog posts, etc. Highlighting global issues is the most important goal of our organization. We seek to support, empower, and provide high-quality resources to inspire others to take a stand for those who can't. And
1: now, let me introduce you to our guest speaker for today, Naomi. Hi, everyone. I'm Naomi Ticola, the founder of One Book for an Ethiopian, a student-led organization that works with the Ethiopian embassy, Ethiopian Airlines, as well as high schools in the United States to donate all types of books to Ethiopian schools in hopes of bridging the resource gap and providing access to quality education. Nice to meet you, Naomi. So would you like to give a brief
0: overview for our listeners about the topics we'll be talking about today?
1: Yeah, um, today I'll be talking about education, particularly the educational resource gap between different countries and what people can do to help.
0: These are definitely important topics relevant to our society today. So what does access to quality education mean to you?
1: So as a student who's learned in a developing country such as Ethiopia, which is in Africa, as well as a country such as the U.S., I've seen firsthand how different education is. Here, some schools have personal computers, access to tutoring, as well as access to as many books as they could possibly want. In Ethiopia, it's quite different. Most rural areas don't have the same access to resources that we have. They don't receive access to quality education, which at the core is access to resources as books, as well as educated and passionate teachers.
0: I agree. A lot of areas don't have access to resources, such as books or educated and passionate teachers, which prevents access to quality education overall. So what are some challenges that are preventing access to quality education in African countries?
1: So I think one of the biggest challenges is definitely the government, like in various um, African countries, but I also don't think it's completely their fault. Um, During the 1800s, European countries decided to divide up Africa into what they call like spheres of influence. For example, Belgium took over what is now modern day Congo and Italy colonized parts of Eastern Africa. So the Europeans never considered the tribes and countries African leaders had already established when they divided um, Africa the way they wanted it to be. So tribes that may have disliked each other um, or already established countries that had different ethnicities were not grouped together by the Europeans. So years later the disagreements between the new countries that Europeans um, formed have led to civil wars um, in African countries that led to things such as the Rohingya genocide or the war um, in Sudan. So With African countries being constantly in wars or unrest, the government focuses more on that type of like on their uh, military defense and puts more uh, money towards things such as military, military defense, rather than things such as education, which is why education has been um, slower to develop in many African countries compared to Western countries.
0: The government having to put more money towards things such as military defense as a result of wars and genocides definitely contributes to preventing access to quality education. The African continent has one of the world's highest rates of adolescent pregnancy. So how do you think access to quality education could change that in African countries?
1: So, I mean, more education has been proven to have positive effects in many aspects of life from um, increased economic development, as you said, lowering high rates of teen pregnancy Because education not only teaches you facts, but it teaches you how to be more open-minded, learn what's right or wrong or even harmful, such as teen pregnancies. While many African cultures have traditions of marrying off young girls, many Western cultures had the same practice just a few centuries ago. But while Western countries developed economically, educationally, and culturally through the exploitation of various countries in Africa, African countries are still developing and recovering from that exploitation. So African countries are like quickly catching up through, um, like their educational cultural development, and with more access to quality education, education reform. I think there like there will be a diff, um, drastic drop in teen pregnancies, as well as things such as poverty, which is a big problem in Africa as well.
0: I agree. Having access to quality education can play a significant role in both educating and reducing things such as teen pregnancy and poverty. This overall impacts the country positively and at the same time, allow students to learn and be aware of certain situations. So what do you think are some ways that governments in African countries can help bridge this resource gap?
1: Um, one thing they could definitely do is just simply invest more in education. And while they have been investing more in recent years, I don't think it's enough. And I guess that investment has been seen in rising literacy rates, but again, that's just not enough compared to other countries. So at the moment, just investing more in education rather than military defense would go a long way in bridging the resource gap. Yes, definitely. This ideally should be the first step the
0: government takes toward education. Investing in education will allow access to quality education and the hope of a better future for children. So what about other countries such as the United States?
1: Well, I know a lot of countries such as the United States, um, including many Western countries mean well when they donate books, computers, or money, but it doesn't always help. Western countries such as the United States should start being more conscious of how they're trying to help and when they do donate books or other resources they should consider the culture of the country that they are donating to i know some schools in rural ethiopia who've received english textbooks and phot- like photocopiers to photocopy assignments from textbooks to give out to students but they never end up using those resources sometimes the teachers themselves don't know how to understand or use the books and then electricity also um goes out constantly in the schools so that the photocopier placed um into the school would not be uh, able to be used so when countries like the us are donating these books and photocopiers they don't really look at the big picture and think oh do they have enough resources to buy ink or paper so it sort of becomes counterproductive um but countries like the us definitely need to start considering um what they donate as they endeavor to help african countries and this is not just in like books, but any way they help.
0: Well said, to
1: be honest, I never thought of it that way.
0: When people donated books or resources to other countries, I just saw that they donated them. I never really considered the true effectiveness of like what they were donating and if it considered like a country's culture. So I'm extremely glad that you brought this to attention. So how is your organization, One Book for One Ethiopian, doing its part in bridging the resource gap in African countries? So, can you share a little bit of how you got inspired to start this
1: organization? So, um, just a little more about One Book One Ethiopian, and we also call it Obo. So, Obo works with local American high schools that have moved on to using computers for learning, and so they end up having numerous textbooks and classroom books that they don't use and just end up sitting in classrooms. Since these textbooks are no longer being used by the school, since it's um, since it, like most schools are online now, Obo facilitates their donation to Ethiopian schools that need them. We worked with the Ethiopian embassy in DC to ship books, as well as the Peace Corps um, Head of Education Ethiopia to learn more more information about which schools to donate to. One thing we're trying to do differently from similar organizations is we're trying to consider all the perspectives tied to the issue. So when we donate books, we also organize teacher workshops with the American teachers who've donated the books and the Ethiopian teachers who've received the books, so that the Ethiopian teachers can learn how to use the, um, the resources. But um, what really, I guess, inspired me to start this is the fact that I myself am an uh, Ethiopian-American student who's learned in both countries. And it's really, when, you go, when I go there over the summer and I travel there, it's really, really hard to see how kids there are learning and how I'm learning here. And just, I guess you can see how unfair it is. And that's what I want to fix.
0: So what sets you apart from other organizations in your community, from other organizations with similar missions?
1: So as I said before, one thing we are trying to do differently from similar organizations is we're trying to consider all the perspectives tied to the issue of um, getting countries access to quality education. We organize teacher workshops with all the American teachers who've donated the books and the Ethiopian teachers who've received the books so that the Ethiopian teachers can learn how to use those resources. We're also trying to form partnerships, sort of like relationships between resourceful American schools and Ethiopian schools, instead of simply donating books from community book drives. These partnerships facilitate an exchange of knowledge that are beneficial to both parties, while other organizations try to donate books in, I guess a martyr-like way. For example, Ethiopian schools have an ex- incredibly strong math curriculum and American schools have a strong literacy building um, curriculum. Through OWO, we've been able to have teachers share their knowledge and strategies for both the school's benefit, which is something we do differently than other organizations that just try to help um, countries like Ethiopia.
0: This sounds like an amazing initiative. I'll be sure to help you guys spread the word. So what are some
1: areas of opportunities for
0: your organization?
1: So in addition to donating books and organizing teacher workshops, OBO has many opportunities for students of all ages to get involved. We have a pen pal program in which students all over the world can sign up um, and get an Ethiopian student as a pen pal. We also have a blog that features students' voices and opinions on education, books, etc. Um, And while part of our organization is to bridge the um, resource gap in literacy and general education, we also want to raise awareness to the issue, as well as educate students about said issue. Our blog and pen pal program is a great way to do this, as well as earn service hours for those who need it.
0: Bridging the resource gap in literacy and general education is definitely relevant in our current society today. Many countries don't have access to resources and books, which impacts not only the current generations, but future generations that come as well. So how do you guys mobilize others around your mission?
1: So despite some opinions, education is a right and not a privilege, and every child deserves it. We make sure to emphasize this in our current volunteers and through our blog posts, which is one way we mobilize others around this cause. A lot of people also love reading, and Oboe gives them a chance to share their love for reading and learning with other students, which I think is what has inspired volunteers and partners to work with Oboe.
0: Well said, education is indeed a right that everyone deserves to have. In general, your race, ethnicity, class, skin color, etc., shouldn't determine your right to an education. Efforts to erase voting rights, trans rights, and abortion rights from millions of people are escalating ac- sorry, are escalating across countries. Voting rights, trans rights, and abortion rights should not be erased, and nor should the right to an education. If the right to an education diminishes, the resource gap will increase, crushing the hopes and dreams of the current generation and future generations to come. We need to take a stand for those who can't. And that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of our podcast. And a big thank you to Naomi for being our guest speaker for today. Stay tuned for future episodes and be sure to follow us on our social media pages. Have a great day.